Tony Cox. Do you know who that is? Apparently not. Uh, he's the African-American warrior. But the crossovers of some of these characters that I've seen in other movies, it almost makes it like a treasure for me. So let me t- talk about Tony Cox. Ewok in Return of the Jedi. A dink in Spaceballs. He was the preacher in Beetlejuice. Oh my God. How wild is that? You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I, you don't I see his face. You don't yeah. see his face either. I just thought it was awesome that he was in that. He's Wayne Evans and I'm going to get you, sucker, which I don't think you've seen yet. You I need, need to see watch it. it. Yeah. You got to watch that. Now, here's the real one that I'm excited about. He was half of Station in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. What? Station! <laughs> yeah. Station's greatest creation. He was the limo driver in Me, Myself, and Irene. Oh, yeah, he was. Which is the best role he's, he's ever He's the actual had. dad of them, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the kid's father, yeah. and he's incredible in that. And, of course, Marcus and Bad Santa. Yeah. That's Tony Cox. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakoshane, darling, Dakoshane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, in the fantasy world of Willow, where pecs and daikinis roam the land, <laughs> yeah. and brownies, and sounds delicious. <laughs> They're making up stuff. But in that magical land, the one thing I know for sure is you got to have the right mortgage. Do you? You need like a mortgage broker? Yeah, I don't know what you just said, but mor- yes, you absolutely broker? need the right mortgage. Fixed. 15-year, 30-year, adjustable. I don't care what your scenario is. If you're going to save the day, you have to make sure you have a low percent. And Sonic Loans, Charlie and his family, and that's what they are. They're a family. This is a group of tight-woven individuals that are going to make sure that they don't just have a festival and dance and play instruments. They're going to make sure that they're getting you the right loan. Reach out to Charlie. Tell him that Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to have your own fantasy, a fantasy mortgage. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com for a free consultation call 248-595-0001. Ian reminds me of Willow. Jeez, that's not nice. Excellent with magic. Beautiful family, man. <laughs> not afraid of anything except trolls. Bolton Legal Group. I don't care what's going on. Like, listen, if a Laura Dannon is dropped off at your house and you don't know what to do with her. You feed her black root. You, you, no, you don't feed her black root. Okay. You, you, that's My mom fed me black root. Put hair on your chest. But you don't do that. You go to Bolton Legal Group. You get representation. They're aggressive. They're efficient. They're going to make sure that everything that you need is taken care of. Bird law, Max, finally comes into play because if you have someone turned into a crow, that's bird law, and you're going to need someone to help you. <laughs> you even to even if it's magic, but yeah, you have to get her back. Reach out An to, ostrich. Uh, absolutely. Reach out to Ian and his team. Make sure you tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you, and you're going to get the best treatment you've ever had. They're going to navigate you through the wild wilderness of the law, and they're going to get you the results you need. Today's episode, Willow. 
It is a time of dread. Seers have foretold the birth of a child who would bring about the downfall of the powerful queen, Babolta. Seizing all pregnant women in the realm, the evil queen vows to destroy the child when it's born. If that doesn't scream family movie to you, I don't know what does. George Lucas, Ron Howard, Val Kilmer, R2-D2, and half the Ewoks that lived on Endor's moon gave us two full hours of magic mystery and, of course, romance. Today on Buzz in the Tower, we'll inhale dust of broken heart and fall in love again with Willow. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the brownie to my mad mardigan, Max Sanders. And with that, Willow! There's a lot of voices you can do in this That was one. my goat. That was my... <laughs> yeah. That was my... Uh, I like the possum. Vin Razine. I can't yeah. remember whatever her name is. Yeah. Vin Razine. Vin. Do you know that possum was an Australian possum? I did. Yes. I saw that I fact. You did. Man, oh man. It was so irrelevant. I was like, I'm not even going to use this fact. We got it. We came out the gate. We're screaming out the gate on the Willow episode, letting you know that she, the first animal that she manifested herself as, Australian possum. I actually think that's important because while the Australian possum, beautiful animal, yep. the American possum looks like a big rat. But they're very lovable. Apparently. Selena loves them, apparently. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Wow. That, I it's shocking hit it. that your fiance would love something hideous and, and off-putting. I want to hit every one of them with my car. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. With your fancy Mercedes. BMW. No, just, no that's, that's not that's any okay. better. It's all right. I drive a Ford truck, man. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's I drive. That's right. I'm a man. I ain't got no boundaries. I'm driving. I'm, that's, I don't why, that's why I'm the mad Mardigan of the show. <laughs> I can't believe you drive a Ford truck. It's I'm weird. Good, good with a sword. <laughs> no, you're not. And I'm terrible with a sword. I'm good Have with you a fork and a knife, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> zing. You zing yourself. Uh, you bane uh, yourself. Uh, I'm bane. <laughs> I'm good with the darkness. <laughs> No, you're not. Max, yep. big weekend. Saturday, our, I say our because you and I are both graduates of the University of Michigan. Are we allowed to say that? I can say whatever. We are <laughs> okay. on, we're on top of the world right now, so we have carte blanche to say whatever we want. They won the Big Ten Championship. They did. In the, convincing fashion. They, we just found out they will be playing TCU, who I know very little about. Other the Horn Frogs. The game I just watched them lose. Yeah. And uh, if we happen to beat them and uh, Ohio State happens to beat Georgia, we'll be playing Ohio State for the first time in the history of the rivalry uh, Rivalry twice <laughs> in one year. Yeah. Oh, my God. Greatest year in Michigan football history. Yeah. This is the greatest two-year run probably it's ever. One hell of a time to be alive. You remember my freshman year at Michigan was 1997. That was fun, that wasn't was it? That was a fun year. Yeah, oh, my it's God. It's a good time. It's a good time. And just, the Lions. just to follow that up with a little <laughs> Honolulu blue butter, my Lions beat the Crapsonville Jaguars today. Yeah. Their quarterback looks exactly like uh, Cindy's boyfriend in Can't Buy Me Love, the college boyfriend. Look it up. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that's accurate. Isn't it weird? It's a little weird. Trevor Lawrence was in an A's movie as a I got to tell you something. I really like him a lot, though. He's going to be, he's going to get that franchise going in the right spot. He's six foot ten. <laughs> he's six six. 260 pounds. He's six. He's two lot, ten. Beautiful locks of hair. He and looks he's fast. He's yeah. really fast. He looks ambiguous, And though. he should be dead. What happened to his knee today? He took a he took a sack, and what happened to his leg and knee? I don't understand how he's alive. Oh my god! And he, and he came back and played, so that's incredible. To it me. seems like he'd be like the best looking quarterback in a dress. He looks like Bodie from Point Break. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like if they were going to remake wow, Swayze, so if they're going to yeah. remake Point Break with NFL quarterbacks, and oh, that's fun. You'd have Trevor Lawrence's Bodie. <laughs> have you seen? The- wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Who would be Johnny Utah? FBI. Because uh, I mean, Blake Bortles. From back in the day, he's just a good dude. Maybe, yeah, yeah. He just he, he has dip in his mouth. Blake Bortles. What? Why did we used to imitate him with a Russian accent? Was that from an episode? No. What? what, what we, don't, we don't bring up Blake Bortles. <laughs> That's just Max, you, buddy. Well, I, I've decided we waste too much time on the show. We got to get into it. We this is my favorite part of the show. I know, but it's so <laughs> terrible. And I get I get notes. I get letters. People write in all the time. Well, it's like that podcast where they argue about pop tart flavors. Yeah, I love that. Don't yeah, you watch you, that? You sent it to me, yeah. and you're like, oh, you gotta, <laughs> "This is us. We got to do this. This what's, is great." What's your go-to pop tart flavor? Oh man, it's wild strawberry. Wildberry. Strawberry. What about brown sugar? I, no, I round. I ride hard for strawberry. Okay. I used to live off those things post college. Do you eat the outside and then you I'm go off frosting? Max, God okay. bless America. Uh, fine. Welcome to the show. Yep. If you've not already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your podcast player is, and follow us, rate us, review us. In addition to that, if you want more content, go to any social media platform at Buzz in the Tower. Go to our website, purchase some gear, buzzinthetower.com. It is the holiday season. It's a great time to pick up swag. And if you're ready to take the 
big step. Put the ring on the finger. Really get in a serious relationship. Patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower, where you can feed us money and we will feed you extra content. I also want to give a plug. Max, good friend of the show, top underscore 80s, 80s underscore movies. That's top, T-O-P-P, underscore 80s, 80s underscore movies. On Instagram. On Instagram. I should have mentioned that. (laughs) That's just their name. These guys, they sell some pretty cool swag. Oh, my God. I have the Jester's Dead t-shirt. It's so comfy. Well, it must be nice that you're getting free stuff from them. I have yet to see a single thing, but they do look nice on you. So if you're listening, uh, Mo likes stuff, too. Uh, Mo likes stuff, too. Mo good. Happy. Go over to their site. If you purchase anything, you can get 10% off compliments of knowing me. And Max, but mostly Max. Use the code BUZZ, B-U-Z-Z, and get 10% off your order. Trust me, if you like the show, you're going to dig what they have. Check it out immediately. Purchase something under BUZZ, and maybe I'll get a free t-shirt. It'd be nice. I'm kind of lonely without a cool shirt on. They got lots of Top Gun ones. Good. And the website is toptees.shop. T-O-P-P-T-E-E-S. One more time for the fans. Top, T-O-P-P-T-E-E-S dot shop. There you go. Beautiful. Woo! With all that fun stuff being said and out of the way, Max, Willow. we made a decision to talk about Willow. Well, you did because you were excited about the Hulu show. I was. Uh, Past tense. Is it Hulu or Disney Plus? Uh, I think it's Disney yeah, it's Plus. Disney because it stinks. Yeah, it's Disney Plus. Uh, Disney, Disney makes garbage. Disney Plus, came, they decided to dust off the old... Uh, <laughs> the Willow Tree? The old Willow Tree and do a reboot. Now, you and I have covered in the last year more reboots than I've even seen in the last 10 years. I'm telling you, there's a robot out there that figured it They're out. They're doing something, right? But they didn't figure this one out. No, apparently. so I'm going to... Spoiler alert. Our plan was originally to cover Willow, and then we were going to cover the, the series. I watched the first two episodes of the Willow series. It is awful it's that bad yeah and it's not unbearably awful but it is not worth talking about on the show where'd they go wrong um is it too like i'm gonna too bleak or too happy no it's not too bleak or too happy and i'm gonna do a really really terrible job explaining this you actually explain things good Uh, this one is gonna be tough because i want to be very careful to not come across as someone who's like anti-woke whoa can i can i can i turn yeah can i dovetail this can we put on a black mask and we can call you kanye no please god don't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> freaking Kanye liver King exposed. Oh man. It was a big weekend for terrible people. Yeah. A lot, there's a lot going on in the world. <laughs> I started liking all that stuff and now my, all my Max, algorithms. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I know. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to jump into the series. I think I want to first just back up and talk about Willow and I'm going to kind of jump around wildly, but let's just initially have a conversation about Willow. This movie was directed by Ron Howard, uh, written by George Lucas, produced by George Lucas and came out in 1988 starring we're going to talk a lot about the characters but I'll give you the high level ones Val Kilmer uh, Joanne Wally I'm probably killing her last name but they ended up getting married they met each other on this actual movie and ended up marrying each other yeah that dust worked for real Val Kilmer's uh, ex-wife and she was uh, Sorsha of course yeah Um, Sorsha Sorsha (laughs) Sean Connery named me Sorsha spectacular young name um, you've got Warwick Davis. Uh, I'm not going to dive too much into the characters. That's all you need to know. Yeah, that's all you really need to know. There's um, no other stars. There's not really any. Well, there's a guy no, who. Wait, wait. Shh, 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 quiet, my little lamb. The there are some stars. Hold on. I hate you so much. <laughs> if I'm sitting here saying, wait, 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 there's a reason. <laughs> Fool. A baby girl is discovered in a river by Ranan and Mims, the children of Willow Ufgood, a dwarf farmer and magician, and the baby is taken into the care of Willow's family. But when a terrifying dog-like creature attacks Willow's village whilst tracking the baby, Willow consults with the village council and the wizard, the High Aldwin. This is too long. No, it's okay. (laughs) If you've never seen it, you got to have this. Okay. So there's no way Who's listening to this that hasn't seen Willow? That's a good question. (laughs) The High Aldwin gives Willow the task... Of taking the child to finding some more Daikitis. It's a Daikiti baby, which are the giants. Like, you're a Daikiti. A giant human. Human! Willow soon learns that the baby is Alora Dannon. The baby is destined to bring about the downfall of the evil sorceress, Queen Bavmolta. I'm sorry, I love saying all these names. (laughs) No. Joined by his allies, Swordsman, Schwarzman. I'll take Schwarz for 500, (laughs) Alex. (laughs) Those are S words, Mr. Connery. Yes. I'll she you in hell before you get a shilling out of me, Trebek. Um, Mad Mardigan, the sorceress, Finn Raziel, and the brownies, Frangine and Rule, who are the best. They are. Uh, Willow takes it upon himself to protect Alora from Queen Bavmorda. Fight ensues. Baby saved. Nice, neat bow. 
So this movie's PG. It's a hard PG. Was the who who does that? I don't know. I mean, but MP4 or whatever. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were drunk. Yeah, they this should have been R. The no, last not R should have been PG. The last thirty minutes is John Wickish. It's just the it's the swearing and the, the pig nudity. mutation. No, the swearing and the, the pig n- mutation. The swearing and the nudity is what gets you the PG thirteen violence. And, and and yes, I agree. Yeah. There's a lot of violence, but it's the swearing and the nudity that'll bump you. So here's why I wanted to quickly get that out before I talk about this stupid show that I just watched. One of the things. <laughs> that I thought, I'm sorry, Max, it really let me down. I was really excited because I love Warwick Davis and I love the story and we're going to talk all about this movie. Coming to America too bad or? No, nothing's that bad. <laughs> we got to do it. Let's do it as the next episode. The reason that I hated the, I took a lot of flack from some of my very powerful female friends feminist friends when I said I hated I've gotten calls from them that listen to the show and like you always bag on the all females you Ghostbusters. Really, you really do why do you hate it so much well you weirdly bring it up a lot because I hate it I know it's, but it's, it's, it's not part of pop culture it doesn't matter I know but I hate it for a couple reasons one is I just it's not a good movie and the second is it's this is the most ridiculously political you hate thing. women I get it no that's not it yeah I voted uh I voted for I, Hillary yeah, yeah I voted for Hillary but I hated <laughs> I hated that I was told that I had to vote for Hillary does that make sense no I like the fact that we can make independent decisions about what we like and don't like without having to factor in the politics behind it. So the part of the reason I hated the Ghostbusters movie is that everybody told me I had to like it because it was so fresh. Who, t- who such told a great you that? People. Everyone same, hated it. No, I know. So when you hate that movie, when you hate that movie, it's okay to hate that movie. Like for instance, one of my favorite comedies of all time is Bridesmaids. I put Bridesmaids over a lot of 80s comedies. This is a all-female cast driven by a female perspective. It's a great movie. It's hilarious. It, it's one of the best comedies. Yeah, ever. top 10. Easily. So I don't hate women. We've we've discovered that. Hey, you're married to one. Exactly. You have two as daughters. Exactly. All right, good. I'm sorry. I was feeling guilty. I felt like I needed to clear the air. It's weird. Willow. The show, the lead character who is Sorsha's daughter, spoiler alert. A Laura Dannon? Yeah. No, not a Laura Dannon. A Laura Dannon is the adopted, adopted da- daughter. Okay. So there's so another in, one. In Willow, in the series, Mad Mardigan and Sorsha get married and they have a couple kids. Yep. The daughter is betrothed to marry a guy, but she's in love with a woman who is about to be a knight. I love that idea. Mm. I love the idea of diversity in film, this tapestry of different types of characters. It feels completely pushed on you in the episode. And if you go back to the original Willow, which part of what I enjoy about the actual movie Willow is there's not a romance that's being pushed on you. There is a fantasy adventure story that's being pushed on you. And they just go out of their way to make this very millennial-ish. Like, so in Willow, the speaking is very much of the fantasy. We'll go forth into the land. It's very LARPing. And we'll, yeah, exactly. And I love the Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons-ness of that movie. It's wonderful. You like that? No, I love it. I I nerd out so heavy. Like, just listen, you're, you get in this movie and you just, it's James Horner. Bum, 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 ba-dum, yeah. bum. There's just like ridiculous Britishness to it that I enjoy. In the Disney Plus show, it's just a bunch of like, you, you expect them to pull out iPhones and be texting each other and be like, oh yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, we're going to like go get Willow. Are you Willow? Oh, hey, man. Yeah. Like, and and that, that just kills it for me. That's it, weird. That's it, a weird t- choice. It, it takes all yeah. the fun out of it. Yeah. So that's to me why I'm just not a huge fan of it. And it just fell totally flat on me. It felt like a show that was trying to make a point instead of trying to make entertainment. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I don't need to watch all it. Right. Cool. Like even if you think about it, Willow, the original Willow that we're talking about Warwick. today, did an amazing job, in my opinion, about inclusiveness. And I mean, it was unheard of to have a little person yeah. be the lead in a movie there like was, this. This was the largest casting call for little people. 240. Over 200. Yeah, yeah, over 200. That's more than The Wizard but of Oz. Like, that's more than anything. You know there's a rumor that Peter Dinklage is in this movie? That's incredible. So can you please find out if that's true or no, not? No, no. I checked the... So it's on IMDb. Okay. It's not confirmed. No one's asked him this. Like, so how is that not the first thing we got to get him on so the show? The pi- <laughs> not for Game of Thrones. The pig magic trick when he fails. Yes. There's a guy in pink like a pink shirt okay. behind him who's like arms are crossed and he claps a little bit and it looks like young Peter Dinklage and he was 17 when this movie wrote, like got done. Interesting. So Which it looks- is the same age as Willow. Yeah. That's interesting. Huh? They're the same age? Yeah. Uh, are you P- sure? Peter Dinklage is 53. I looked it up. All right. I guess yeah. you're right. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it sounded weird to me too. Yeah, because Willow was, or Willow, uh, Willow, Willow was, War, se- no, Willow was, was 17. He was 12 when he did oh, yeah, Return of right. the Jedi. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I got you. Don't worry, baby. I hope they hung out. I got you. Take care of you. Um, yeah, I, but that's my whole point. Like Willow didn't make that movie to make a point, to make a statement, right? And no, nothing. I, it was a fun fantasy. And story. and think of it too. The the villain woman, 
Yep. The the heroine like was very to me very. Yeah, she was butt kicking. That's what I was gonna say, right? She had she was a, leading an army. Basically, she had the strong feel of Sigourney Weaver aliens. Yeah, you know, like she was tough. She was kicking no. Mad Mardigan in the face. If Mad Mardigan was the one who stupidly fell in love and was weakened by it, not her. You know, if I I didn't think about it till now, but Sorsha is like a top ten butt kicking female from the eighties movies. One hundred percent, right? She might be top five. There's and, not that many. And, and, and this is exactly why I didn't like the Disney Plus one yeah. because it's forced I, it, on you. It, for, it felt forced. Yeah. Whereas if you really go back and look at Willow, you have inclusiveness, you have diversity, you have strong female characters, and Mad Mardigan, he doesn't save the day. He's a bum who's locked in a crow's cage. You know. Is that what they're called? Crow's cage? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. All right, good. So I don't know. He's a hero by the end. I know, but like an unwilling hero, an unlikely hero. You yeah, know? He's sacrificing himself. He's like throwing his body to help Willow sure, by the end. Sure. Yeah. Friendship. Yeah. Kinsmanship. If it you is. Will, you know? <laughs> and also, so this movie feels like you took the Hobbit, Return of the Jedi, Excalibur, Wizard of Oz, Crawl, jammed them all together, threw them in a meat grinder, <laughs> and dropped us in. And one of the things that's kind of interesting too is like today, you wouldn't even see this. If you look at the Lord of the Rings movies, they took regular sized adults and they kind of shrunk them down with like special effects and everything. That's part of why you had over 200 people in the casting of this. Uh, practical effects. This goes back to what you and I talk about all the time. Um, there was really some cutting edge stuff. So I, I told you, I would jump all over the place. Let's the brownies just, are awesome. Let's back up for a second. Okay. Let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about the movie. Um, the movie starts off, and I, I, I'm going to go reverse order on this, because we're going to talk about characters, and we're going to talk about facts and everything else. I want to go through the movie quickly, okay. because this could be a six-hour episode if I spent too much time on it. It is a complicatedly weird... Like, There's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. So... You got to yada yada some part. I'm going to yada yada quite a bit. So you have this woman, the evil sorceress... No, queen. Evil queen, Bav Morta. And she's both. She is a sorceress, too. Yeah. Good and, and it has been foretold in the bones... She got her tarot card reading and there's this baby that's going to be born. And this baby's got, by the way, that looks like, uh, my Judaism is terrible, but doesn't it look like the, the S that's on a, a dreidel one? That's what, that's what that tattoo looks oh, like yeah. on the arm. I, I just can't remember gonna, what that I going to say the S that we all drew in middle school on no, our no, trapper keepers. No, that's not, that's awesome though. <laughs> so this little baby's got this little mark on her and Bav Morda is rounding up, which to my point at the beginning when I was saying how this is supposed to be a family movie, the themes in this are really dark. It starts Round like... Round up all the pregnant women and kill the babies no, because we can't let any of them take over the world. You know what's terrifying? Mm -hmm. This movie has the same intro as Beastmaster. No, think about it. Kid who's gonna yeah, yeah, overthrow yeah, yeah. and you gotta kill all the babies. Get the foretold. baby out of here. The fortune was foretold. Yeah. So they... Rip torn. Right? So they start this movie off with... There's this like handmade woman who like... <laughs> she's made by hand. <laughs> Whatever she Handmaiden. Is. Handmaiden. You know what I meant. Handmaid. <laughs> <laughs> origami some paper a lot of special effects she grabs this child uh who they discover out of prison and bav morda has a daughter and the daughter's name is sorsha and she has taxed her daughter with the responsibility of finding this baby and killing the baby. no not killing the baby getting the baby the for ritual. some ceremonial ritual to remove the baby's power yeah the baby is kidnapped by the handmaiden yeah. not handmade by the way have you heard the theory that george lucas only knows how to write one thing when it comes to bad guys and villains and stuff no that's incredible so Alora Dannon is basically the Death Star. Yeah. Because in the writing of this film, she's the MacGuffin. She's protected by the heroes as the last hope and feared by the villains as their one weakness. Oh, yeah? I mean, he's got one style. He, it's so hard because, like, you want to give him a hard time, especially, you know, Howard the Duck, how I feel about that. But then he also has these gems, so I, I don't know. So he, the, the baby and this woman escape. The woman is hunted down by these dogs we'll talk about in a little bit. Rubber uh, mass the, dogs. The, yeah, the dogs uh, get her scent. She puts the baby on this little floating raft. Moses. And then she is mauled to death by the dogs. Again, yeah. family movie. The baby floats down the river and is found by the children of Willow, uh, Nims and Rannon. I'd probably say they're very wrong. cute. They're adorable. And after they find the baby, they find Willow. We're introduced to the character of Willow. He's your classic. He's a farmer. I love that they use a pig as a sled. It's great. Uh, <laughs> he's trying to take care of his family, but he also has a dream. And that dream is to be a magician and a sorcerer. Yeah. And in his town village, the lead sorcerer, the senior sorcerer, the head, the head sorcerer in charge, the S-A-S-H-S-I-C. <laughs> yeah. um, he will take on an intern occasionally. Apprentice, I'm sorry. I don't know why I thought this was all of a sudden uh, Donald Trump reality TV show. <laughs> you fired. fired. But he takes on uh, Apprentice and at this village kind of party, which by the way, the entire scene where they are having their big village party. It's pretty gnarly. It's, uh, it is the music video for Safety Dance. <laughs> from men without hats what hold on we're gonna take a quick break so you can watch it just pull it up and watch it real quick it's so stupid accurate <laughs> it's basically why did they do that i don't know it's a weird video S -S 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 
Hey. Yeah. Mine's still playing on my phone. So where's at- Norman? <laughs> the ladybug. The ladybug. Norman. Norman's dead. <laughs> Zed's dead. Zed's dead, baby. So they have this, I don't even know, village party. While they're having the village party, the dogs come into town because they can smell the baby. At this point, Willow has kept the baby a secret from the village elders and from the council. After the dogs rough everybody up and the the hunting, what are, what is the ninnins or whatever? Hold on, I got to find their ninny ninnins. <laughs> the nanu nanu. Nelwins. They're called Nelwins. The derogatory <laughs> the derogatory term for a Nelwin is a peck. Yeah. They don't like being called pecks, but no. they're, they're called Nelwins. So they go to this council meeting willow says hey this is my fault i've got this uh Dikiti baby that i've been harboring what should we do why is the baby mexican it's not mexican Dikiti. No, that's offensive that's just how they say it get back the baby you <laughs> stupid Dikiti. yeah thank you mexican <laughs> anyways they uh they make the elders aware or the council aware and it's decided that willow's got to take this baby to a Dikiti family so they put together this crew again this is very much like the shire and they're Lord taking the, the ring yeah. yeah like so you you get elements of all Council of this, of right? Yeah. So they take off to go do this, and they get pretty far in their journey, and they find Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan is a bum who is <laughs> inside of a cage. Crow cage. And he just wants some water, and nobody will give He's him the water. So they decide- Choking they, Willow. They've all decided they've done all they can. They're going to leave the baby with Mad Mardigan, and they're going to leave. But Willow, you can see this relationship building with this baby, and he knows he's been taxed with a larger responsibility to take care of this baby. So he sticks around a little bit. He eventually lets Mad Mardigan out of the cage. Mad Mardigan promises to take care of the baby. Willow feels like he's done his job. Willow leaves. A few minutes later, sees the baby. The baby is flying away, <laughs> being held by an owl or an, an eagle? eagle. An eagle. Eagle. I believe the eagle is being driven by two brownies. Rule and Frangine. Rule and Frangine. Uh, and these two brownies, which are like little, not fairies, but like the male version of a fairy. Yeah. Right. Whoever did the CGI for them, it looks like it could have been done yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Really, all, all the special effects with the exception no. of the two-headed dragon. With the exception of the two-headed dragon. The trolls, dude. The trolls are great. The troll, <laughs> whatever. They look like hobos. You look like a hobo. You love the word hobo. That's the word of the day. I'm going to have to do the <laughs> Pee Wee Herman if you say hobo again. Don't okay. say it right now. I know you like to hear the Pee Wee Herman thing. Just re- relax. Okay. Do it in a few minutes. Boho. Anyways, so Willow goes after this eagle that's flying with the baby, and he is captured by the brownies, which is very Gulliver's Travel. It is the way he's captured. I've seen the cover of that. You know, as I go as I go through this explaining (laughs) this, it's so funny because like George Lucas is really lazy. He's just ripping off everything. Like he did admit he he admitted Lord of the Rings. uh, You know, Tolkien's work heavily influenced what he was doing. This feels like a marriage of Star Wars and Tolkien. Yeah, I could see that. It it doesn't feel that far off from that. That snappy dialogue is just oh, it's sounding. Oh, you stop. Be nice to this movie. <laughs> so they they meet the princess of the forest. I can't remember her name. She's full of light. Yeah. I couldn't find her name. She comes to, she comes, again, very legend. Yeah. This feels very legend to me. She comes to, comes to light and she's able to talk to babies. And Alora Dannon has told her that she really likes Willow. So this floating magical woman says, Willow, <laughs> you got to. It sounds totally insane. <laughs> you have to take Alora Dannon to a loving married couple. Wink, wink, nod, nod. That loving couple ends up being Sorsha and Mad Mardigan down the road. Yep. It's Mad Mardigan, not Mordigan. Oh. <laughs> Mardigan. <laughs> He's not a Jewish accountant no. from New Jersey? Maury! Mad Maury! <laughs> come over here. Jesus. He'll do your taxes. <laughs> Where's my locus? <laughs> <laughs> So they start their adventure, and of course, they cross paths again with Mad Mardigan, who had just, I believe, had relations with a woman who has a giant husband that's going to beat him up. Yep. And, you know, they, they're really subtle about the comedy, because yeah. when he dresses like a girl, he's got bazongas yes. out there. Yes. Thank you, Max. Of course. I we wanted to say that was on your notes. That was in your I notes. I wrote Excited. Excited stuff. <laughs> so they reconnect. Mad Mardigan joins the crew again. So now you've got Willow... The baby. Good escape scene, too. Mad Mardigan and the two brownies. Yeah. And a partridge and a pear tree. Mm, delicious. Delicious pears. So they escape, and now they are being hunted not just by Sorsha, but um, Morta has also taken her strongest general, uh, Lieutenant Kale. I don't know if it's General Lieutenant. Kale. General Kale. Do you know why he's named Kale? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> yes, I do. No, hold on. Stop. Don't get any, because we're going to do a character stuff. I think I do know this one. Hold okay. it. Hold it. Put it in your pocket. Thank you. So Kale's a big, nasty, scary dude. With a cool skull mask. Yes. In the midst of all of this, 
we also have a scene where Mad Mardigan runs into an old buddy of his who Eric, looks like Eric. Gary. He looks like Gary Busey's kid, a little bit like Gary Busey's kid. Yeah. Um, and then you get this feel. They cut a lot of this out of the final movie, but there's like a whole backstory about um, he used to be a fighter. Yeah. And now yeah. he's not. And Eric is like, oh, you, you, you're only a, fight for yourself. You only fight for yourself. You're selfish. Blah blah. Anyways, that comes into play because later, da, 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 that's very uh, Evil Dead. It's very every movie I ever. Know, this is very, <laughs> Max. I can't fight you on this. You're right. <laughs> so they continue through their quest. Evil Dead. Yeah, don't you remember when... You're thinking of the wrong movie. It's Bruce Campbell in the woods. Is it yeah. a horror movie? Yeah. Remember when he goes back in time? Which one is that? That's Army of Darkness. Thank you. I meant yeah. Army of Darkness. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's very Army of Darkness. Yeah. Remember how when he is initially captured, it's with Eric the Red or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he comes back at the end? That's what I was referring to. Okay. Sorry. I'm like... Army of Darkness, I forgot. <laughs> Klaatu, Marata. <laughs> so they continue on their quest. Part of his instructions are to find the powerful sorceress, Finn Razel, the good guy. She's a good guy. Good girl. Good lady. Whatever you want to call she it. She lives on an island. A very small island. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so Mad Mardigan gets him and the baby out to this little island. And we learn that Finn has been turned into a, as we mentioned earlier, Australian, Australian possum. He has a special stick, a twig, that he can use magic to turn her back. He goes through some iterations of doing that. She teaches him magic. They continue on their journey. During this journey, they have this special powder that makes you fall in love. The powder I hits. Want some of that. You do. The powder hits Mad Mardigan in the face. He falls in love with Sorsha. No, even better, Rule falls in love with a cat. Is that really a I critical that. part of the story? I, I enjoy that part. <laughs> I told her I was going to speed through the story because there's sorry, not a lot I need to, to it. No, Rule's great. Yeah, Rule's the best. Great. He's the best part of this movie. I agree. Well, not the best part of the movie. Mad Mardigan falls in love with Sorsha. They have a beautiful moment. Sorsha turns from a bad guy to a good guy. They all fight against Bab Morda, and they win. They get transformed into pigs. They do get transformed into pigs. I'm skipping over the scenes because I think, again, at this point, if you're listening to this episode about Willow to learn about the actual movie that you've never seen, you're crazy because that's not our thing. Yeah. But I am going to share with you some wild stuff about this movie. And I think I understand why I love this movie so much. Max, are we good enough on the story? He yeah, saves the day at the end. Yeah. Okay, good. Let's go all the way back, if if I may, for a moment. Let's start rattling off facts about this movie not having to do with the actual actors and actresses yep. yet. I want to get to that next. Nominated for two Oscars. Do you know what it was? I have no idea. One of them has got to be uh, costume. Uh, best sound effects and best visual effects. Um, Didn't win. And it also got a Razzie for worst supporting actor. <laughs> it was the guy who played Gwendor or, you know, the sorcerer main dude. Yeah, sure, sure. What's his name in the movie? Don't worry about it. Bill Blatley is the actor. I'll get to it. And uh, we're going to talk about actors. And I worst screen. asked you to do one thing, which is not talk about the actors. And backing me up, worst screenplay. <laughs> He's just not good with words. Max, this movie was conceived by George Lucas in 1972. He wanted to make a movie. He wanted to call it Munchkins. That was the original name. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's real. He didn't have the technology or the special effects at that time to do it. So he waited. He sat in, in a dark corner. <laughs> and then he finally decided, we're ready. When he was filming the Return of the Jedi, a young Warwick Davis who uh, played one of the Ewoks. Yep. I hope not the one that died. Maybe he was the one that was shaking the dead one. But he really had an affinity for him and he told him, I've got a movie for you. So he wrote this. The idea kind of went from this 1972 quick vision of a you know fantasy film about munchkins to like this lead that he <laughs> wanted to do. Munchkins. That's what he was going to call it, munchkins. I know. <laughs> we represent. <laughs> it's not appropriate. Uh, so anyways, he wrote it for Warwick, which was awesome because at the time, Warwick's 12 years old, right? Yeah. So at 17 years later, this happens. Warwick Played Wicket. That was the name of the Ewok. That, in that doesn't the help me. I'm just telling you, that's, that's what it was. Okay. Ron Howard, who you would know from Sunday, Monday, Happy Days. Also Splash. Tuesday, I know, and many other movies. Yeah. I just wanted to sing Happy Days. Was it Richie Cunningham? Yes. He was in American Graffiti, which was directed by George Lucas. He was when, also Opie. Yes. When he was doing post-production at Industrial Light and Magic for Cocoon, which he directed, he ran into Lucas. Lucas offered him Willow. And that's how Ron Howard ended up doing Willow. Ron Howard had always wanted to do a fantasy film and who better at the time, you know, that this, at this point, Howard, the duck hadn't killed his career. So it was perfect timing. Industrial light magic in this movie pioneered the first morphing technology for film. When Finn Razul, Razul, Zul. what's the name of the guy in uh, Bane, not Bane, but the other guy, Ra's Ra's Al Ghul. Ghul. when Raz Al Ghul, when the darkness came and the morphing started, it's morphing time. <laughs> oh, RIP Green Ranger. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. That just happened. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. We're getting old, man. He was the coolest. You're probably the next to go. Uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, anyways. um, (laughs) (laughs) Just kill me off mid-show. True. Max. True. Max. So, that morphine morphine technology had not been done prior to that. Morphine technology? The the morphine. (laughs) It's morphine time, Max. (laughs) They just injected morphine until they felt like they were something else. Can I move on now? (laughs) General Kale, you were mentioned before. Yeah. What was he named after? Now you can say it. Pauline Kale, the unbelievably scathing uh, New York Times. Is it New York Times? I think she was New York Times. Yeah. She's a film critic. Yeah, she's brutal. She like really rejected a lot of uh, very popular movies, and she never liked anything George right. Lucas did. So this was Lucas's kind of like tip, tip of the hat. Yeah, yeah. And so, she was amused by it. She hated the movie. So he did it with someone else, too. Yeah. I want to. This is great. So no, I know. It, Go ahead. In the movie, when the one-headed troll was zapped and thrown into the water and turned into the two-headed monster. Ugly Hydra turkey. Yeah, terrible, awful-looking thing. thing. So you don't hear the name in the movie, but the press kits that went out when they were trying to describe the movie to everyone to get them ready, that animal, that beast had a name, and it was... Ebor Sisk, <laughs> which is Siskel and Ebert's name slammed together. It was called the Ebor Sisk. It's freaking so incredible. It's really, it's, it's so not creative. Like yeah. it's very George Lucas, right? Like I'm going to take two names and uh, we're going to Jar Jar Binks. Like it's just unbelievable to me. Whatever. That's what they call them. Another wild fact about this movie that I didn't know. When you watch this movie and you see the baby of Laura Dannon, there are all of these scenes that take place where she has a great comedic timing. She's like laughing at the right time, smiling at the right time, winking at the right time that's because she was a 19 pound animatronic baby she was 13 pounds but close oh man yeah that was 19 yeah you sure no no I, I am sure yeah there are two twin girls and then another girl that played the six-month-old child but for those close-up scenes it was an animatronic it was really good if you a watch robot, a robot when uh when willow's first carrying her and she's crying on his back you can tell it's animatronic i couldn't tell yeah if you say so and you know what's funny she's wearing a wig I did know that. And the wig had to be held down with syrup instead of glue because glue would obviously not be good on an infant's head. So yeah. They syrup. I love that. Delicious syrup. And that was <laughs> good. When my the, head was Well, syrup. the syrup was good too because when they released the Rottweiler puppies that were wearing <laughs> the horrible. Head. So those dogs, the killer dogs are puppies and yeah. they were trained to just go. They had the best time of their lives with the, the dog trainer said that it was like the easiest thing ever because there was no real like stay, sit or anything else. Just they run. were just like, go run after them. But they were puppies. So that's very adorable. Uh, here's one for you, Max. What? The wall. Pink Floyd's The Wall yeah. syncs up with Willow. What? Yeah. I spent time to actually listen to it today. It's pretty cool. You're going to need to do that. So yeah. like you listen to it on mute and you put the wall on? So if you go to... Who thinks of this? Well, you know that's other movies. It's like The Wizard of Oz. You've heard that before, right? Yeah. yeah okay. So, so when the baby is in the basket on screen and it cries at the beginning of the movie, if you tie that to there's anybody out there uh, and the village elder is moving his fingers while the album is playing, it's pretty cool because it's with the keyboard. That's neat. Yeah. I spent, yeah. That's what I spent my time doing today. I hope you had a nice Sunday. <laughs> nice little Sunday. Uh, the Wilhelm Scream. You want to tell everybody what that is? Yeah! Splat. Yep. It is a recording screen that has been used over and over again in like hundreds of movies so you get the Wilhelm scream three times in this movie during the chase scene after they escape from the tavern um, as the soldier's chariot crashes you see him flying uh, you get it by the way again not shocking that Lucas lazy Lucas that's what I'm, starting <laughs> lazy I'm turning into Lucas. Trump like lazy Lucas <laughs> The second time is when the brownies uh, trigger the large spear shooter and it hits several soldiers. And the third time is in front of the Nakamar Castle as the horseman is cut down by the army of the Galadorn. Hmm. Everything about this is so Dungeons and Dragons. I really yeah, you seem kind of nerdy right I'm now. I'm super nerdy. Like your sex appeal has gone down I don't, that's, 20%. That's great to know that you were even into that. Should we do some ads? No, I... <laughs> should we do... <laughs> yes! Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dobie Real Estate. You can find them at weardobie.com. If you're looking to buy a home or sell the one that you're currently in, there's no other place to go other than Dobie Real Estate. Simon and his team of warriors, because we're in a willow kind of place today. Help you find your castle. They'll help you find, or they will sell the one that's got all the trolls in it and the two-headed monster and people that are frozen in stone. That monster freaks me out. It should. We're going to talk about that monster and many other things, but first got to get a house, or okay. we got to sell our house, and the place to go is Dobie Real Estate. In 2021, they had over $400 million in sales, 1,000 homes sold. They are the premier real estate broker in the area. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. They're going to give you the A-plus tree all the way start to finish they're going to get you out of your home or into your fantasy home where you can watch your fantasy movie willow or listen to your fantasy podcast buzz in the tower reach out today tell them that buzz in the tower sent you 
You know what I realized? What do you realize? <laughs> We're like more than two thirds through this podcast. You haven't asked me what I thought of this movie. No one has any idea. Which <laughs> is you monopolizing. You Who <laughs> lives in a pineapple under the sea? <laughs> I don't know why. That's funny. Listen, I think I think you gravitational I've a, planet. I've you been doing a lot of market research, apparently, and they want you, and they want me. <laughs> the people want me. We're gonna get to you. I promise. I'm gonna give you a few minutes. And that's our show. When you talk about movies you are excited about, I let yeah, you go. Yeah, true. I'm not very excited. You hate this movie. I, I already do. know you hate it. I don't want to hear you say, oh, this, I'll do my nasally max, my will. <laughs> I don't really like Willow. Because, you know, it's, it's not a good... The script wasn't really written well. And there's a ladybug. Oh, hey, Norman. hey, Norman Shortcomb. <laughs> you know what I do like about this movie? The, the large group of pigs they use for the transformation. We're always trying to mate with each other. Yeah, so and they, they use cold buckets of water <laughs> to calm them down. That when I saw that fact, I was like, that'll make Max's list. <laughs> that was for real. sure. I'm going to remember that forever. Forever. That seems to be a thing. What uh, was it? Hellraiser, where they had to have people on set to make sure that the cockroaches weren't breeding with each other because there was like a fear of infestation. That's the worst job ever. Ever breaking up Boy, a cock- how cockroach call, prom. How do you call your parents and say, "Hey, FYI, <laughs> I'm on the Hellraiser. eighty grand that you spent for me to go to Dartmouth, totally well spent money. I'm taking care of this whole roach mating situation over here in England. It's great. It's, it's amazing, Max. In honor of your and my's favorite show." Uh, Rick and Morty. Joseph Campbell's hero's journey was a huge part of this. And I shut up. Yeah. So by the way, shame on both of us for not being more educated on Joseph Campbell, but apparently even going back to anything that George Lucas has done, all of the work that he did on star Wars. And in particular, this movie, it's, it's littered with the hero's journey. That's awesome. Yeah. So I knew you'd like that. Val Kilmer improvised most of his lines. Almost all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite fact for sure. John Cusack tested for this, and the fact that he did not get the role of Matt Mardigan is his biggest regret. That's awesome. That's incredible. I think his biggest regret has been wearing a wig for the last 20 years. He wears a wig? Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. I, I know. know Look that. next time. I will. <laughs> Thanks for ruining John Cusack for me. <laughs> Cusack. 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 <laughs> uh, let's see. So I guess uh, it didn't do well enough to make a sequel at the but time. But it didn't do bad. No, it made $55 million, yeah, but, yeah. It, but it had to compete with Crocodile Dundee 2. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Big and Rambo 3. Oh, Rambo 3. I'm your worst nightmare. Yeah. So that's hard. So more importantly, the reason Ron Howard did not direct... Cocoon 2, The Return, The Cocooning, or whatever the hell it was called, was because he did this movie. He passed on doing the sequel to Well, he probably wouldn't have gotten that tequila scene then that you like so much. Kind of a bummer. Kenny Baker, who played R2-D2, was uh, one of the Nelwyn musicians at their Mm. little carnival festival thing. That's I thought you should know that. That was important. It's neat. I thought it was pretty neat. Do you know who played Kale? Uh, we're going to get to that. As I told you. You just said a character I thing. I have, I've got a lot of stuff on him. we got to chill. Take okay. A Take a deep You literally just opened the gates. I hate you so much. Do you want to go to characters? Let's yeah, go to let's characters. do it. All right. Let me go to characters. Move. Moving right along. Do, Val Clymer. He do, seems do, like he's do. important. Hey. Hi. Tell me about Val Kilmer. Uh, he's a strapping young man. I don't think he wanted to make this movie because I think he was contractually obligated to do this in Top Gun, right? Yeah. I knew he did not want to do Top Gun at first. Yeah. That would seem like he wouldn't want to do this either, but he looked like he had a hell of a time doing this movie. Good source of like unique swordsmanship, like kind of that goofy kind of like flailing style. It's great. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It, is the reason I love this movie because of him. No, I think you, you genuinely have this weird. I love fantasy movies. Crawl. Yeah. Well, that wasn't where I was going, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> I let you talk too much. I think the you best love childhood. Part, okay, you love childhood and like kind of a, like the be a dreamer and like the labyrinth, the dark crystal, the kind of like I'm the Muppets. I'm yeah. A nerd. I'm a nerd. You're right. No, you like childlike innocence yeah. in movies. All right. Uh, let's talk about the characters in this movie. Yep. Billy Barty. Do you know who that is? He's, he's the nominee for the Razzie. Yes. He is the high Aldwin. In Willow. Yep. He's also Noodles in UHF. He's also, he's also, see, you went right to Gwildor in Masters of the Universe, which is great. He's also Screwball in Legend. Oh my God. Yeah. So he had one hell of a career. His voice is so identifiable. Where? He's he's done, is he the lead singer of Pearl Jam? (laughs) I can't do voices. You can't. All you did is, yeah. <laughs> it's like my minor John Lovitz. That's the ticket. Who would hit me with a left hook? <laughs> my jaw left hurting just like the other day. Ooh, color pictures. Oh, yeah. Jeremy's broken. Yeah. Willow's broken. Willow's broken. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. <laughs> fun. I am having a great time. Tony Cox. Do you know who that is? Apparently not. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's one of the warriors. Uh, and Not the one I thought. Not the one you thought. Uh, he's the African-American warrior. But what he has been in and his IMDb, I was trying to understand why I love this movie so much. And I think I understand now the crossovers of some of these characters that I've seen in other movies. And we've, we've done this before when we, we see a movie and we're like, oh, that guy was in this movie or this movie. The obscurity of what these characters are in in other movies, I think in part is what's charming about this. Last week, we talked about a Christmas story. Remember how you were saying that because they didn't do anything else, they're kind of frozen in this mm-hmm. a little bit of the same, but because of the obscurity of what they did, it almost makes it like a treasure for me. So let me t- talk about Tony Cox Ewok in return of the Jedi, which you wouldn't have known a dink in Spaceballs, which you wouldn't have known because you can't see their faces. He was the preacher in Beetlejuice. Oh my God. How wild is that? You remember that? Yeah. 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 So like, I, you I don't think, see his face. You don't yeah, see his face either. I just thought it was awesome. That he was in that. He's Wayne Evans and I'm going to get you sucker, which I don't think you've seen yet. You I need, need to, to watch it. Yeah. You got to watch that. Yeah. Here's the real one that I'm excited about. He was half of station in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. What? Station! <laughs> you know I love Station. Yeah. Station's greatest creation. He was the limo driver in Me, Myself, and Irene. Oh, yeah, he was. Which is the best role he's He's the ever actual had. dad of them, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the kid's father, yeah. and he's incredible in that. And, of course, Those kids, he's- you Notice how your kids have all your tans? Yeah. And then, of course, Marcus and Bad Santa. Yeah. That's Tony Cox. Now let's go to Rule and Frangine. You love Rule and Frangine. Rule is Kevin Pollock. I mean, Kevin Pollock at that point in his career had not done a ton. Underrated actor in general. Oh, I mean, Sam Weinberg, Lieutenant Sam Weinberg. Have you ever seen the interview with Kevin Pollock about when Jack Nicholson looked at him and said, you Weinberg? And how it's like really anti-Semitic and like it caught him off guard. And it wasn't meant to be like, it's not like Jack Nicholson is anti-Semitic, but like it's implied like, and who's going to stand on that wall? You, Kathy, you Weinberg. (laughs) It's really funny funny to listen to Kevin Pollack talk about it. Now, look, forget Kevin Pollack for a second. Let's talk about Frangine. Do you know who plays Frangine? No, I had no idea. Rick Overton. Do you know who Rick Overton is? You, I'm going to blow your pants off. You're going to be who, so excited. No he is the warehouse night supervisor in Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, my God. <laughs> he is... Googie in Gun Ho. Who's Googie? He is one of the workers. Okay. One yeah, of the yeah, one yeah. of their buddies. Yeah, yeah. He's Dr. Rick in Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh my God. Hold on. Hold on. He's Tector Pike in Blind Fury. Dude, this guy hold on. Hold on. And the coup d'etat. Here it comes. Do you remember in Groundhog's Day when Bill Murray, in one of his iterations of suicide, meets those two drunk guys at the bar and they get in the car and they decide that they're going to like run or they're going to drive 100 miles an hour the wrong way? Yeah. He was so the one drunk guy was Rick uh, Dockerman, who was in a bunch of stuff. He was the city worker and diehard, the prison guard and space balls. You went deep. I did. Well, he's also art in the burbs. Oh, my God. That's not who this guy, this guy was the other guy, the other guy drunk with him. That's, That's who Frangine was. Who, so all these roles, right? Now let's talk about General Kale, who you tried to bring up before. Pat Roach? Who is General Kale? Tell me, Max. He's the giant Nazi in the last, uh, not the last crusade, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's right. Here's something that'll blow your mind. He was the giant Sherpa at the bar fight that took place in Nepal. So you remember how Indy goes up there and there ends up being that huge bar fight because they're looking for the emblem the, that burns into the Nazi's hand? Yep. That he plays the oversized giant, not, uh, not Nazi, uh, Sherpa, who's up there how big is he he's big yeah. he's a pro wrestler oh really yeah i didn't he's got that mustache either. and bald head you got it you got it uh another one is um phil fondacaro phil phil <laughs> phil <laughs> ned ned <laughs> ned ryerson remember the one warrior that volunteered to go help willow and they were like no 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 you're our main warrior you can't go the one that looks like el guapo yes he was an ewok in return of the jedi he was a troll in troll the movie he was greaser greg in garbage pale kids the movie <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think these are amazing. All right. I only have one more that I think is worth blowing your mind over. Okay. Eric, by the way, leave it to George Lucas to not allow the character to be called Eric, like E R I K, E R I C K. It's A I R K. Yeah. Eric. <laughs> so Eric, who's basically Mad Mardikin's boy, and he's a he's a fighter in the army. Do you know what movie? Well, first of all, it's Gavin O'Hearley. Oh, Gavin O'Hearley. Gavin, a good Irish boy, Gavin O'Hearley. <laughs> Do you know what he's from? No. <laughs> he is Brad Wilson, star player on Smallville's football team. He was in Superman 3. Remember, uh, what's her face? Lana Lang and uh, her son was like trying to bowl and that other jerk was like in the lanes. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Oh my God. Yeah, mind blown, right? Weird. And as far as characters are concerned, Max, that is, those are my exciting facts on characters. I guess all I got is uh, since the box office was less than expected, the sequel material was made into three books. Do you hear about this? I did, and they were so bad that so bad that even Lucas divorced himself from them, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they were depressing and lots of deaths of favorite characters, and they were made from 95 to 2000. 
Max, that covers all of the facts, all the fun that I have, all the characters I have as well. Is there anything else? Well, you know, I think I did promise that I'd let you talk about the actual movie and what you feel about it. No, you know what's interesting? I kind of like that I got to hear your perspective of it because you kind of realized how corny it is at some points. And I, I realized how fun it is too, actually, to kind of relive this movie and enjoy it. It's like show, don't tell. I kind of got everything before saying like, I hate this. And then like staying on that side. What is it about this movie that bothers you the most? Uh, the turn in the last 30 minutes makes. It's like, it's just a different movie. It's a little shocking. And also just the kind of cookie cutter adventure stuff. I kind of like having more character de- development. I kind of like to hear like what Matt, Matt Morgan's like backstory was and life was like. And, you know, like if he was a real character more than a drunk and kind of a blowhard. Was he a drunk? He seemed kind of drunky. He did have that feel. Kind of like, woo. He was really into, bla- in the- into Black Root or whatever that was. Is that the same stuff that Conan had in, uh, <laughs> what was it called? Remember when he they were both getting super high off of it? I can't remember what it was. <laughs> no, when he killed that bird when he was on the cross. Oh yeah, he bit the bird. That's not when he no. He punched the camera. I just love that scene. You do love that scene. <laughs> Why would I love that scene? I don't know. You're a super weirdo. I will say the one thing that we didn't mention, and I think the this music? is yeah, this is probably a consistent item with me. It'll allow me to ignore a lot of flaws in a film if the score is really good. Yeah, you crawl has a beautiful score, right? Really? Oh, go go listen. I, just, I, used, I didn't think about it. Yeah, you go listen to it again, yeah. and it's just the the booming orchestra. The trumpets, and that's, I mean, this is a James Horner. So, John Williams, right? Yeah. Is your ride or die guy from the For 80s. you. So, I don't know. I Maybe I'm leaning more towards Horner because when I looked at his work, I, I just want to go through what he's been responsible for because it's it's mind blowing. Okay. Me. So, there's a lot. We'll get there. I don't even, I don't even know where to, okay, I'll, I'm going to go through it quick, I guess. I'm not going to do everything. I'm, I'll do everything. Star Trek 2, Wrath of Khan. Ooh, do the uh, Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek 2, think of going. No. Star Trek 2, Wrath of Khan, 48 Hours, Crawl. Wow. Star Trek 3, Cocoon, Volunteers. Oh, wow. Commando. <laughs> Your favorite. Aliens. Yep. An American Tale, Project X, Batteries Not Included, Willow, Red Heat, Vibes, Young Guns, The Land Before Time, Cocoon, Return. <laughs> I knew you. I knew that would get you in right away. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Back to the Future Part 3, Another 48 Hours, Child's Play 2, Class Action, The Rocketeer. So where the wheels start falling off. I'm now just skimming for the good ones. So you like basic classical. I like Brave, more Braveheart, Jumanji, Apollo yeah. 13. Yeah. So you like classical kind of like composer, 50 person orchestra scores. Titanic. Near. Deep impact. Far. Wherever. Oh, Jafar. God. Oh, come on. <laughs> I have to say, I think that's part of what, when I hear the music, when I hear the the drums and it's like, ba-bum, bum, bum, ba-bum. I yeah, so I that song right gets away. played in a bunch of other stuff and he gets $10,000 a pop every time yeah. they play it. Oh, he licensed the heck out of himself. Yeah. I asked you what you liked least about the movie. What did you like most about the movie? Hmm. So many things. Um, kind of the costuming and also the the brownies and how fun and small they were. Yeah. I like <laughs> You're a moron. <laughs> God, I hate you so much. I just I, listen. So listen I just want you to think. I just want to think about what came out of your mouth, yeah. right? The costuming and the brownies. How fun and small they are! <laughs> it really doesn't sound great. I just wish you had a brain. <laughs> if I only had a brain. I'd be happy to do a podcast with a co-host who had a brain. Da, 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 da. But you're a moron. <laughs> I can't ask you any questions if you only had a brain. So, I mean, the CGI and practical effects stuff was really cool. Yeah, it was good. Um, the fight scenes and also like a lot of the escape scenes. Like I like even when they were on the sled. Yeah. Like that, yeah. I hadn't really seen that before. Do you know, if you know what it was funny when you see that sled scene, it's almost like he borrowed. Do you remember oh, where, which Indiana Jones was it when the plane crashes and they sled on that That's temple of doom. So that sled scene plus what's the best thing of any of the three star Wars when they're on Hoth, anything snow related. So I feel like he was like, bring, yeah. bring me the snow. <laughs> Bring me the snow. And I guess Warwick Davis' reaction on that is real. Like, he was on the thing, and he didn't expect it to go so fast. He had to do quite a bit of training. He had to do horse riding training. Yeah, baby training. Sword training, how to deal with a baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would you, at 17 years old, would you have known what to do with a baby? Yeah. Give me the baby. All right, well, look, I love Willow. I think more probably now than I even did when I first saw it when I was younger. My kids loved Willow. That's Actually, good. I, they, then they saw the Disney Plus ad, and they are like, oh, are we going to watch that? I was like, I don't know, probably not. It's not really good. <laughs> Jump Rick and Morty. Okay, they're not ready for Rick and Morty at all. 
Um, Will it go over their heads? So I one day I'll show the video. Did I even I know you showed you, but I didn't talk about it on the show. Uh, Should you I, talk about this? I don't remember if I did. I my kids watched planes, trains, and automobiles, and I videotaped their reaction to the Steve Martin f bomb scene. And they to my two older kids, I didn't let Charlie watch it, and they were excited. They went bananas. They enjoyed a good f bomb dropping. It was fun for them. Max, I don't have anything else to add to this. I'm uh, I'm disappointed because I think the plan was for us to do this episode, and then after that, uh, do the the, the Disney Plus show, but I'm not touching the Disney Plus show. It's crap. <laughs> okay. Well, with another riveting ad on your end, I think it's time for us to go to our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. This week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is none other than superfan Tony Huddleston Jr., who I owe a sincere apology to. So on last week's show, we noted that we had had someone purchase something from our store, Savannah Graham, and we wanted to give her a little bit of love. So when we mentioned that, Tony immediately knew who it was because that is his fiance, who I think we outed for getting him a surprise <laughs> gift. Yeah. So I apologize. He did send me a picture, which I'll send you if you haven't seen it already, that we should post it of his wonderful, comfy gear that he grabs. I already so, posted it. Look at this guy. I wasn't, I got to start paying more attention to what we do. Tony did. <laughs> I said looking out, good. And I want him to go feeling good. <laughs> Tony did point out and he's correct. He is the first non-celebrity to have a second trip to the Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight because the only other one is Graham Elliott. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, and Caleb. I think Caleb and Graham Elliott are the only two two-timers. I think Shane Templeton, maybe. No. Tuck Pendleton? No. He's only oh. been on once. Okay. And please call him by his God-given name, Tuck Pendleton. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Max, with that being said, we asked uh, Mr. Huddleston Jr. to chime in and let us know what he thinks about Willow, so I will not hold him back anymore. Let's hear what he has to say. Greetings, Mo and Max. This is Tony Huddleston Jr., coming back to be this week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. I was asked to talk about why I love or hate the 1988 movie Willow. Let's just get the latter part out of there, because I love this movie. First, because it comes from the greatest decade of movies ever, the 1980s. And second, you got action, you got adventure, you've got magic, you've got mysticism. You have Willow Uffgood, who is a simple farmer who also would like to be the next High Aldwin's apprentice, sorcerer. You have Val Kilmer, who plays Mad Mardigan, the greatest swordsman who ever lived. And then you have Joanne Wally, who plays Sorsha, the evil Queen Baphmorda's daughter. After Willow and his family find Elora Dannon floating down the river, he is sent on an adventure by the High Aldwin of their village to give the baby to the first Daikini that they come across, who happens to be Mad Mardigan. Willow gets a magic wand and sends him to find Finn Razel, and thus the true adventure begins. At the end, Willow is given a magic book by Finn Razel and leaves Elora in the care of Mad Mardigan and Sorsha and makes his triumphant return back to his Nelwyn village. But honestly, if you like the action, adventure, magic, fantasy type films that just let your imagination run wild, go check it out. It's really good. These are just some of the reasons I love this movie. I want to thank you, Mo and Max, for letting me come back again to be this week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. Hope you guys are doing well. Again, keep doing what you're doing. I love the podcast. Love you guys. You guys have a great day. Thank you. That man loves himself some Willow. Seriously. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I had to cut out. I mean, he did, he did a wonderful job recapping the movie, but he also recapped the entire movie. So I cut a bunch out. But his detail to the names that I couldn't even remember most of them. So as always, Tony, your uh, dedication to the decade and to Buzz in the Tower is second to none. Yeah. And that's uh, thanks, Max, for the. Yeah, uh, I, I, I hate you. <laughs> I seriously hate you so much. You talk so much. Sometimes I'm not sure. Sometimes what I just want you to talk so I can take a break. My mouth is sore. Can you just say something? Snoo to booty. Snoozy booty. Wrap it up. I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to illustrate a point. I'm not giving you any second cuts or anything. You know, all the stuff that has to be said at the end of the show go. So for all you listeners out there, don't forget to subscribe and give us five stars on Instagram, <laughs> Apple iTunes, Spotify. Our website has great gear for the holidays. So pick up one of them shirts. And also we got good stickers with Falcor on them. And Max, usually you have something great to wrap up the show with. What do you got? So bad. <laughs> so, I got it better than I thought it was yeah. going to be. You, you didn't mention the Patreon. You said go to the website and give the didn't give the URL. Uh, let's see what else. You didn't thank our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight, Tony, again for coming on. Uh, you didn't say, how do you want to close the show out, Mo? You said Max, which is weird. You said your own name. <laughs> is there anything I'm missing? I think that's the whole All right. 
We should try to do this once in a while. Like, we do like a. It's all you. You do all the ads. I, I'm begging you to do them. Please. We'll do a vice versa. A vice versa episode. Yeah. Where you know, I, I just sit here and I, just I, act like I'm <laughs> brain damaged. There you go. It's great. That'd be fun. That'd be great, Max. Yeah. I'm sure everybody Can we do it for that. the vice versa episode? Absolutely not, Max. It's so meta. Um, yeah, you're a big fan of meta. Max, great show as always. Thanks for contributing what little you contribute. I always appreciate it. <laughs> for everybody else out Thank there. Thank you for those table scraps. Please do your best to uh, leave a review. Not, I, I don't. There's not a five-star mechanism on Instagram, but that's great that you asked everybody to do that. And uh, how do you want to wrap up the show, Max? You're a five-star man. I'm a five-star man. Max, I think I've got a good way to end, but I have to give you a sentence to say. Can you handle that? I'm going to write it on a piece of paper and slide it over to you. <laughs> Is this a business deal? I just want you to read what's on the paper. Can you handle that? Yes or no? Maybe. Okay, here's the piece of paper. Just read what's on it. What are you looking at? Your leg. I'd like to break it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Terminator. Goodbye. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.